I am now in the building that is the home of the Journal of Record for the American Theater called, appropriately enough, American Theater Magazine which I have been reading my entire adult professional life for going on longer than 30 years. And I am, I am pr so thrilled to be here in the uh, pulsating hub of American theater journalism. And I'm talking to uh, Russ Stemman, managing editor of American Theater. And I'm Allison Considine, the staff writer. And which one of you do I speak to about subscription issues? Because I have been having a couple of problems. Uh, neither of us. I'll <laughs> put you in touch with somebody else. Damn, damn. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 600, American Theater Magazine. Welcome to this very special milestone episode of the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. 600 weeks ago, 11 and a half years ago in December of 2006, we started this podcast as a way to be available to our fans around the world even when we weren't performing that week or even in their country. Over the years, the RSC podcast has become a great collection of conversations and interviews with actors and comedians and composers and authors and playwrights, all because we've been able to chat with the many talented and generous artists we meet on our global travels. So for this anniversary episode, I wanted to talk about a similarly invaluable resource, American Theatre Magazine, which I was so excited to visit when we played off-Broadway at the new Victory Theatre last March of 2018. Managing editor Russell Denbin and associate editor Allison Considine, yes, Allison got a promotion after we recorded this, sat down to talk with me about American theater's origins, its operations, its expansion, and a couple of possible ideas about the future. Tell me a little bit about the history of American theater. Am I right? It feels like it's been around for my entire professional life, which is going back to at least 1984. Um, do, do either of you know the American history of uh, the American history of American Theater Magazine? Well, that's kind of perfect because the magazine was established in 1984. Perfect. So there you are. I've been I've been with it from the beginning as well. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, at that time, uh, there was no general circulation magazine devoted to U.S. theater, and so Theater Communications Group, the, uh, uh, the building where the three of us now sit and the publisher of, of our uh, little magazine. <laughs> uh, Your little rag. <laughs> they decided that it was time to have a monthly publication devoted to U.S. theater, and uh, so uh, Terry Nemeth, our publisher, in collaboration with our founding editor, Jim O'Quinn, um, launched this magazine that has been publishing 10 times a year, um, maybe 11 at some point. Um, I might, I'd have to check the numbers on that, but we've been publishing monthly mm -hmm. uh, since 1984. Well, and, I, and, and I, I know there have been periods during which I have you know, skimmed the magazine and gone through, oh, American theater, New York theater, but, uh, um, but recently it feels like you guys, I, 
have really focused on um, um, making sure that you are reporting on theater that's happening all across the country, which I think is fantastic and, and correct. But how do you do that when you're based here in New York City, Allison? Well, <laughs> we have four full-time staffers. So we have divvied up the regions of the United States, so we each kind of keep our our you know, focus on um, trends that are happening, shows that are opening in our assigned region. I mean, it's a lot to cover for four of us, but, yeah. you know, we do put a lot of time and attention into what's happening where and, and you know, very interesting new shows that are coming up, trends that we see, playwrights that keep getting produced. Yeah. So we, we do, I think, a pretty good job of, of covering um, all across the country. And another big aspect of our operation that I didn't mention earlier is that yes, we've been uh, publishing a print magazine since 1984, but since 2014, we have been putting out americantheater.org, a full web edition with news and online only features every day. Yeah. Um, and so as part of that, one of the big series that we have is to write up season announcements, at least for uh, any TCG member theater yeah. um, and, and uh, affiliate um, that uh, happens to pass along a press release, or if we catch it in another outlet, we will yeah. write it up as well. And so through those announcements, we get really plugged into what's happening at nonprofit theaters across the country which is one big source of leads for us. And we're always monitoring social media and uh, the, the regional publications to see uh, what, uh, what's out there that we don't know about, stuff that's exciting, new work, new takes on old work, um, new approaches to making theater work, uh, challenges in the theater field. Um, and certainly we've uh, had many in the past year that uh, are, are tied to uh, other issues mm -hmm. that uh, our nation and our world are facing. Um, and so it, uh, we do what we can really to cover everything. Well, and, and, and yes, I'm glad you brought that up because you guys have in the last three or four years um, stepped up your web presence. So uh, American Theater both, well, americantheater.org, but also your, your Twitter account and your, and your Facebook account have been really sort of go-to destinations for what's happening uh, in American theater. So uh, for instance, whatever the news is that's breaking, for instance, John Mahoney just died. Yes. And you had some lovely reminiscences of, of him from both B.J. Jones and, 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 and Martha, no, and Anna, uh, and Shapiro. Anna Shapiro. And, um, uh, and it was, it was, it's nice to have a destination for all of us in the theater. <laughs> I just gestured in a way that nobody will ever see. Um, to a, a destination where we can sort of gather and comment to each other, the social media aspect. I'm sure you get comments on your web on the web pages as well. Definitely, and uh, interestingly enough, one feature that lives only in print is a section we call TCG on the web, in which we collect some of those comments and publish them. Oh, cool. Um, and it seems uh, like there's a handful of those in the magazine every now and then. We're t that's uh, what I'm talking about. Oh, oh sorry, yes. sorry, yes. Yes, so that's, that's I pretty much our, own, our, our sole print-only feature, um, yeah. our, our TCG on the web feature that looks at what's <laughs> happening online, what's about to be published on the web. And, and while we're talking about the website, we really should give a, 
a big shout out to senior editor Deep Tran, yeah. uh, who uh, sends her regrets that she couldn't be part of the conversation today. Uh, she, Just means I'll have to come back. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, she and former senior editor Susie Evans uh, really put in a lot of creative energy and work into uh, creating AmericanTheater.org, and it's thanks to them that we have that uh, really uh, that wonderful web presence that you described well and it's great and you're and you're cover you alluded to it but you you didn't get too specific but you're covering all the issues of representation and and um, 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 inappropriate behavior in the theatrical workspace and uh, um, um, and you're even covering theaters that aren't members of theater communications group yes. like the reduced Shakespeare company we've been featured a couple of times uh, in your pages and on your web <laughs> and on your web space um, and to that point about covering those thorny issues, yeah. um, uh, we have a fairly recent uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion column, uh, which is connected with TCG's work in the EDI Institute. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, DEEP has been a giant part of that series. Um, and um, we also had uh, a pair of stories recently on sexual harassment in the theater, which is such uh, an important and 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 terrible topic to uh, delve into, but uh, she really did awesome work uh, getting getting that story out. How does it work? How do magazines work? How do you decide what to cover, whether it's a thorny issue or whether it's an interview with an artist or whatever? How, how do those decisions happen? Allison, how do you, do you get to write whatever crosses your mind, or do you get assigned things? Well, I, it's a little bit of both. Okay. We have weekly meetings where we discuss pitches or ideas that we have or pitches that come our way. Um, sometimes it's, you know, in addition to sharing our work on social media, sometimes ideas come to us uh, from social media. What's what's getting a lot of traction? What are people talking about? Mm -hmm. um, and that, of course, the controversies come through that way. But we also have started doing themed issues, which really helps our small staff kind of gather ideas around a certain topic. Um, so our theme issues definitely help to shape the content that we put in the magazine. Um, and also, you know, we, we do get a lot of um, pitches to us from outside contributing writers that we, we do rely on. To Allison's point about uh, themed issues, uh, we should mention that um, in 2015, founding editor Jim O'Quinn retired, yeah. and uh, then senior editor Rob Weinert-Kent stepped into the editor-in-chief position. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob also senses regrets that he's not joining us today, but we got two for four. And since Rob came into the post, he implemented the plan of doing a themed package of stories for every print issue. So if we have six or seven stories in an issue, three or four might be dedicated to a particular topic. Yeah. And for ages, we have had special issues um, at regular intervals every year. So uh, we have uh, every January a special training issue, which mm -hmm. is a, a longer, uh, a higher page count. and. We, we have a package of stories dedicated to a special theme involving training. Mm -hmm. So uh, probably more stories on a topic in one of those special issues than mm -hmm. uh, in one of the, the other themed issues of the year. And we have a season preview every October in which we take uh, a theme and look at the we call it the season ahead, but really it's the new season because right. it's coming out in October and planned in August. 
Um, and, 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 and that season preview issue is also the one that I, that I, I comb through immediately when it comes out because it's got the schedule, the, the, the schedules of all the member theaters, TCG member theaters across the country. And there have been times where I've gone through going, hey, look, they're doing one of my plays. Yeah. That's the first time I hear of it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. And Allison's a giant part yes. of putting together those schedules. Oh, my God. That's uh, a, which we format have every month, but as you mentioned, it's the full season. Right, the full in, season. Yeah. In the October shoot. Yeah, yeah. You so you have to wrangle all that information. I do. I wrangle it all. I, I get it from our our database, the TCG Theater Profiles database, and format it all in Excel. So my job description really changes from you know April to August when we're putting together that that giant schedules listing for the October issue. <laughs> My name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We have three more weeks of performing William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged here at the Pittsburgh Public Theater. We're here until July 1st, 2018. Go to ppt.org for more information. Pop-Up Shakespeare, our book for children of all ages, illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels, is on sale worldwide and here in the Pittsburgh Public Theater lobby. And we have just posted our fall of 2018 tour dates online. And we'll be performing Long Lost Shakes, The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged, and the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised in... Nagadoches, Texas, Austin, Texas, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, New Hope, Pennsylvania, Athens, Georgia, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, Harrisonburg, Virginia, Lewisburg, West Virginia, Pasadena, California, Saginaw, Michigan, Chickasaw, Oklahoma, Columbia, Missouri, Stowe, Vermont, and Livermore, California. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Russ Dembin and Allison Considine, respectively the managing editor and associate editor of American Theatre magazine. Let's talk about skill sets and backgrounds. <laughs> what were, were you a journalism major, Allison? I was a theatre major. I studied acting. I got a BA in acting and a BA in theatre. I'm sorry, in English. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that is where those two come together here at American Theater Magazine. And you thought, well, oh, gosh, theater is too iffy an industry. You know what? I'll go into journalism. That's I know, right? That's what my mom would say. She's <laughs> like, well, at least you're you have a great plan B, English. I'm like, mom, I don't know if you have any sense of, <laughs> you know. But I I will say I feel very lucky that I'm utilizing both of those you know, pretty useless degrees <laughs> It is perfect. And you're doing, and you're writing about something you love, clearly. You know. Yes. So that is, you're, I'm, I consider myself very lucky as well, <laughs> you know, getting to do what I do. Russ, how about you? My story is not too dissimilar. Um, I majored in education English and in theater performance okay. in undergrad. Um, and while I was there, I uh, developed an admiration for dramaturgy mm -hmm. because that way I could do the English thing and I could do the theater thing. I could make theater and I could analyze it all at once. Yeah. Um, and, um, and often acting coaches will say, stop thinking. 
And so this was an opportunity to be involved in creating theater and think at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you had been an actor and you, and you kind of um, eased out of that or had you never been an actor? I had been an actor, yeah. yeah I had been an actor since I was uh, in elementary school. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, I, if, if, I, if I had the time now, I'd probably still be doing it. Right. But, um, but then I, I got into dramaturgy and, and through that um, I connected with one of the editors of the uh, erstwhile Sondheim Review. Uh, which is where we met. Yes, that's where we met. And, and through the Sondheim Review, I heard about an internship at American Theater Magazine, and I'm going, there's a magazine devoted <laughs> to the American Theater? And so I did the internship and stayed in touch with everybody and, uh, and kept my ear to the ground. And when an opening came up, uh, I applied, and here we are. And here we are. Now you, now you run the joint. <laughs> with a staff of how big is the staff? It's an editorial staff of four. So. Wow! Oh my gosh! So, so I almost met the entire staff. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So Rob, editor in chief, uh, me managing editor, Deep Tran, senior editor, and Allison, uh, the staff writer, um, and we do collaborate with other departments within TCG. Sure. So our ads department of of, of three, um, and our art department of three, um, they are. A really integral components of putting together the magazine and americantheater.org right. um, and we're also always in touch with the communications department um, uh, with with membership uh, which handles our circulation yeah. um, and distribution uh, the marketing coordinator um, uh, the books department uh, contributes right. it, because we have five play scripts out of ten issues every year, mm-hmm. so every other issue has a full play script um, accompanied by a Q&A between the writer of that play and someone who knows their work well, and um, I completely cribbed that model uh, <laughs> when I engaged Austin to do something for the Sondheim Review, because right. uh, I had heard of uh, Purdue Shakespeare Company co-founder Adam Long's play, Satan Sings Mostly Sondheim, <laughs> and I'm going, well, I, the Sondheim Review should be publishing this. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, and so then, and I'm going, well, American Theater always does that with a Q&A, so <laughs> let's get Adam Long talk about somebody and I said uh, hey Howard Sherman should I get Austin Titchener he's like yeah sure <laughs> yeah that jerk will talk to anybody um, well yeah and I may have thrown out issues of American Theater Magazine over the years but I haven't thrown out any of the scripts that you published you know half the half the year I've thrown out only half I've only thrown out half of the uh, yeah I'm, I might have ripped them out and folded them up but anyway um, well it sounds like and maybe you don't want to say this with a live microphone, but it sounds like, do you have uh, do you have many masters to serve, or you have lots of resources? Oh, lots of resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th- I, that's that's one of the remarkable things about being published by a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. because yes, there are many constituents, mm-hmm. uh, constituencies mm-hmm. uh, that we want to think about, but that's the truth with really any publication. Sure. sure. And it also means that, as you said, we have all these resources at our disposal. Yeah. So if we have something about government, we can turn to our uh, research policy and collective action department and ask them their thoughts on policy or or what other uh, what other um, politics-related issue that we might be having. Uh, so it's really it's it's definitely an advantage to be in this environment. Cool. What was the name of that department again? Research policy and collective action. 
who the hell has a department called that? That's pretty cool. Isn't that awesome? Can, can that department get us ahead of an NEA or get a, keep them funding the NEA? Well, a big part of their work is to do advocacy. So yeah. they're always sending out advocacy alerts and uh, giving the field tools to, to write or call their representatives. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing incredible work. Do you guys get pestered by theaters saying, ah, why aren't you writing about us? Or are they too busy just doing the work and, and grateful for whatever coverage they get? We sometimes get those emails. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think people are really grateful to get mentioned. I mean, season announcements is a great way. Yeah. News um, online, we publish. Uh, folks that were coming or going, new to artistic director positions, leadership positions, and I think theaters really are grateful for that acknowledgement and the shared news that we we provide. Well, and I would imagine one of the frustrations of, of working in a magazine is the inability to react in real time to whatever's happening. But now, with your website presence and social media presence, you really can to you really can react to um, um, to theatrical events as they're happening, which is which is just so phenomenal. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can follow American Theatre Magazine on Facebook and Twitter at American Theatre and find out how to subscribe and what else is going on in American Theatre at americantheatre.org. Then send us your online presence via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. And the RSC is now on Instagram, too, at Reduced Shakespeare Company. Thanks, as always, to editor emeritus Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kat Howard, who drives around listening to podcasts, including this one, While the Baby Sleeps. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Lauren Gunderson, whose play The Book of Will just opened at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and who is the most produced playwright who isn't William Shakespeare in America this season, according to, yes, American Theatre Magazine. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 600-1800ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. You know what you should do? Is, is, is you guys should broadcast live tweet opening nights of theaters around the country. You know? We've actually talked about that. I don't know if we have the capacity to do that or the resources but um, yeah that's something I mean Playbill has been doing that recently with their their live streaming of openings here in New York but uh-huh. I think that would be really cool for us to do that all over the country cool. maybe someday this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company reducing expectations since 1981 go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates actor bios email newsletters and so much less so much less so much less, so much less. So much less. So much less.